0: joseph and i'm nick and this is fish jelly Mm. how are you i'm good how are you okay you went out last night so did you briefly very briefly brief um but happy pride apple pie today is the we Ho pride parade it is today Yep. An imaginative and colorful annual tradition along Santa Monica Boulevard that embraces LGBTQ plus representation, inclusion and progress.
1: Yeah, it's today. It starts at noon. And a merry band of protesters usually that are damning us to hell on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, usually at the intersection of Santa Monica Boulevard and La Cien. Yeah. And La Cienega.
1: I guess that's uh, that's the the pious uh, intersection. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right underneath the um, the evergreen Kylie Jenner cosmetics billboard. I mean, what if it fell on them one time? Then I probably would like her if her, <laughs> if her billboard. I mean,
1: could, if she would have been good for something. Yeah, uh, because previous to her, I believe that poor billboard held the weight of Jessica Simpson's name.
0: Oh, remember? That, well, that was years ago. Yeah, I well, don't we've remember. been here that long. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, thank you to the people who continue to sponsor the podcast. We've had more people do it. Uh, You can go to Spotify and pledge 99 cents a month or more if you're rich. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it it doesn't help any
1: children anywhere, but it's much appreciated. Yeah. (laughs) Don't
0: give to starving children, give to us. I, I had an image of Sally Struthers as your I always think of Sally Struthers when I think of, um, of of course, like feeding children, but also um, like whenever someone has like a questionable education, <laughs> I don't know where, like, I think she used to be the face of like some technical college maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never watched All in the Family. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah, All in the Family is the first... I think it's the first primetime show that had a gay character. Oh, yeah, it had very um, groundbreaking. But yeah, no, I'm very familiar. I remember watching it as a kid, like reruns of it. And she's in the original The Getaway. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not familiar with The Getaway. But moving on again, I'm not talking about Drag Race, but uh, spoiler alert, the last episode, one of the contestants left. That was.
1: <sighs>
0: yeah, that happened. So Heidi in Closet left. Had a, a meltdown at the briefest, the briefest provocation. Yeah. I was disappointed in her because she didn't really... It, to me, it's not that she's being fragile. I think she she has a successful career as a drag queen. No. Like she has a successful podcast and people know her. So I'm, I'm sure she's doing just fine. And I think that attitude... Which I also have that attitude of like I'm not going to do certain things because I don't have to, but then I wouldn't put myself in a position to then be difficult and say I'm not dealing with this. I think it's once
1: that's the thing. Once you put yourself in that position, it's like okay, you you're doing a disservice to yourself. But it, like Adore Delano did before too. It just yeah, you're there to be criticized. You have to uh, if you don't like the response you're getting, you need to change your tune perhaps because uh, Heidi and Klaas was in there
0: stirring the pot. She was stirring the pot. And then when things got the slightest bit, when someone pushed up against her behavior, she just spilled all the beans and it backfired. And then she got emotional and said, I'm not dealing with this. This is not what I came here for. I think that's weak. Also you, she has a fan base and those people were rooting for her. So it's like, you just let down people who were rooting for you
1: but you're not guaranteed wherever you're going or whatever you're coming for you're not guaranteed to get that at any any juncture in life anyway so i don't know it's just i don't know why she couldn't have pushed through but i agree it's it's no more ridiculous than the isis couture in the canada drag race like who's doing very well and all of a sudden be like i i'm having a hard time i'm leaving and then comes back for the finale which is like two
0: episodes later right that felt really weird and also and also heidi wasn't in threat of being in the bottom this past episode so she would have moved forward I don't know I whatever a part uh, of me thinks it's a cheap way to create drama because you know she wasn't gonna win maybe that maybe she thought she'd get the Ben de la creme effect
1: yeah she there's no way Heidi and closet was gonna win all-stars so that was the next best thing
0: she she would have been like top three maybe she would have won well clearly Jimbo's going to win yeah. <laughs> but well who else is in the top I really like Alexis
1: Michelle yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Although her throwing her teammates under the bus was a little Darian. Well, I don't
0: think she threw. Well, yeah, she threw Darian under the bus and then she when Heidi sort of asked Alexis to corroborate her story Mm -hmm. and Alexis played dumb, like deaf, dumb and blind. Yeah,
1: that was odd, too. Yeah. but anyway but uh i like lala Ree. i don't think she's gonna win no lala
0: i really like her but her drag is is raggedy girl
1: <laughs> and james mansfield i find him i too. like
0: james mansfield but i i do feel like he's limited as far as his presentations like Shh. so i i can't imagine he'll last more than one more episode moving on because i uh i i made comments about erwan that people seem to like it seemed to resonate with people uh, in a I'm, good or bad way. I think good. But I someone forwarded me this article. I'm just going to read the uh, the intro. Spencer, 23, makes roughly $40,000 annually as a freelance voiceover artist, content creator for a hummus company, and college essay tutor, forcing her to share a carpeted, unair conditioned apartment in Brentwood with a roommate. Yet, she is not willing to give up one luxury, Air One. Each week, she spends between $50 and $75, though sometimes she admits as much as $200. At the cult high-end health food store in los angeles which has also become a social scene attracting TikTok wellness influencers health nuts and on occasion a dominatrix um and then it goes on to talk about what she likes to order and then she explains why she likes to go there none of it makes sense to me you know if we all had to walk into an area and it's you know there's
1: something reflected above our heads that shows our living space like her carpeted un- air un- <laughs> air conditioned apartment that might stop people
0: <laughs> they have another person who was interviewed a 25 year old who makes roughly 50,000 a year who believes that life is about luxury and that air One allows you to feel luxurious no matter your income uh, you you can't feel luxurious you are luxurious so that's a
1: false economy but um well i think there are <sighs> I don't know. It's at the grocery store. I don't know. Can you set your, can you set your sights higher for luxury? I don't know.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with liking something nice and making, you know, like for me, it's like having a nice car. makes me think like, oh, well, this is why I work every day. And cause sure. I, because I don't buy other things. Like I don't wear fancy. I wear the same outfit every day. I don't. You know me, we go out to eat a lot, but I'm very frugal. Well, yeah, that's the, that. But that's the thing It's you're consuming it. So what's the point of having name? What's the
1: point of spending $15 for your mud pie, which is literally the same across <laughs> the way that like so you can walk around and an influencer might see. Can we you? give
0: a shout out to the mud pie at Whole Foods? It's probably my favorite. If I had to pick a dessert, it would be the mud pie from Whole Foods. In the last ten times we've been They don't have it. You know, they also
1: had those really expensive gummies that.
0: Yeah, um, but you haven't found those in years.
1: There used to be. They were in the bulk bins. Yeah. They were too expensive to pay
0: for. Um, So I would just get a small bag and eat them while I'm shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, girl. But, you know, Jeff Bezos, he doesn't care. They were good, though.
1: I don't know what they had in them, but uh, no longer. And maybe your mud pie also has gone, has become extinct. But, you know,
0: I can make that. Another quote from this 25-year-old, I love to take Erewhon when I'm flying because I freaking fly economy. I'm not private jet setting anywhere. To be just in a comfortable sweatsuit or a Lulu fit and then have Erewhon, I feel like I'm worth a billion dollars. I mean, I can't relate to that, but again, we all have our own, I mean, you know, there are things that you splurge on, I splurge on, that make us feel like it's worth doing. Sure, but, but usually it's for my own comfort, not for. And I guess that that's a comfort to
1: you, but also the comfort is really in what it's projecting to the world, as then you can have this item from this expensive ass place, which. I don't that you're gonna eat but i mean we do i mean but
0: that's everything right like you drive a certain kind of car and then people make assumptions about you or you wear a certain kind of shoe or have a watch and so i think being seen at erwan to me you know people keep telling me don't yuck people's yum but this shit is dumb because like you said oh
1: i'm not i just think it's stupid i i have been in there i've eaten desserts from erwan uh and I don't think I. I don't think anything special going into a grocery store. I need to procure shit to put in my
0: body. Well, here's my thing. If 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 the logic is like I feel luxurious in here, you can visit Erawan. You can walk around. You can make small talk with people and be seen there and take photos. But to spend your little bit of hard well, I don't know how hard earned it is, but your little bit of money on twenty dollars smoothies. To me, that's stupid. And when when I see someone walking. Out of because we discovered a new vegan Thai restaurant. Mm-hmm. Shout out to bulan Thai, Boulon. in Silver Lake. They, they there's an Erewhon literally in front of. So like when we're sitting in the restaurant in front of the window, we're, we see people walking in and out mm-hmm. of Erewhon. And just like I said in another video where I commented on Erewhon, you see these l- little kids running out there with their twenty dollars smoothies, and then they get into their raggedy car. Mm-hmm. That's where it looks stupid. If you just want to hang out somewhere because you think it's cool, that's fine. But you really just spent $60 for your lunch. Smells are free. Uh, Smells are free. What would Suze Orman say? <laughs> oh, her head would pop off.
1: I mean, I, again, like if I, you need to think ahead. I, I, I'm not an economist and I am not. i I built my own life for myself uh, and am not, besides student loans, uh, in egregious debt. But what are you spending your money on? I don't know. Can you
0: afford to do that? Well, it's okay to splurge. Like Sometimes. I, like I want to get the $20, uh, Bella Hadid smoothie just because like, I'm just curious why it costs $20. Is that at air one? Yeah. But when I keep saying $20 smoothie, that's the one I'm talking about. So I've never had it. I am curious, so I, I, I will get it, but like to go regularly. No, there's another person in this article who works three part-time jobs. Okay, um, and one of them is to support their Erewhon shopping. Their,
1: habit. their eating habits, Erewhon. I, the my advice for that person would be like, you're not living right.
0: The way this article is written, it's it's sort of poking fun at these people, so wow. I'm not taking it that seriously. But I do think it's serious that people need to maybe reevaluate their financial situation. And living in LA, like we're very comfortable. So when people ask me how I like it, I always say I can't complain because I have a nice life, but. It's not all that to be out here struggling No, not at all. Um, But also it makes me think that these people have never really
1: truly struggled because if you have really had to support yourself and do whatever it is you needed to do to pay your rent, to get through day by day, to go through school. uh, I mean, that's just not the song and dance that is going on in your head. I I think
0: that's a good point because I did have to do a lot of crazy things just to Mm -hmm. get by like. You know that i'm not particularly proud of so now that i'm not in that situation that's probably why i'm very frugal it just doesn't make sense to me well because you realize if you really if you really had to do something for yourself to to get through
1: you realize that none of that shit means anything
0: i, I don't know it's it's so frivolous but it's but... complicated because we've gone out with people who like you know like to dinner and some people it's almost like they're in a frenzy like they want to order Oh, yeah. Or, or friends going on vacation, where it's just like, I they just splurge. Yeah, they just ball out. And it's like, I, I have don't to eat all of this. Like, okay. Or I have to get like the nicest hotel or I have to fly first class or and it's just not mm-hmm. I don't know to me. But again, if it's for you, then I guess but I hope, you know, all your cavities are filled. And you, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If your car needs brakes, it has breaks, like, don't prioritize stuff that's like a quote unquote luxury over your basic needs uh yeah i agree but now i'm lecturing everyone
1: erwan the, the lord of the rings fantasy novel grocery store
0: so now that may is over you're going to give us your top five uh releases for may oh, so what's number five
1: oh, let me look
0: at number five is willow the wisp
1: <laughs> oh yes uh, joao pedro rodriguez which i wish you know if can had interrupted we probably would have covered i still might have you watch this you
0: wish we would have made time for that yeah
1: we did you uh very queer strange historical trauma musical uh bodily fluids uh dance choreographed it's very interesting
0: number four reality
1: uh we covered this uh, we have a
0: review for it yep we do about um, reality winner that's no. her name Oh, I'm like, no, it's about a woman who got in trouble for leaking government information, hey, but, the, but the woman's actual name is Reality Winner. <laughs> Number three, Sanctuary. Oh, you didn't see this, but we do have coverage for it.
1: But I, I have probably been listening to the Pointer Sisters uh, or Body Pointer, actually. Uh, Heaven must have sent you on repeat since I've seen that film.
0: That's so funny because I just got home from the gym and I was listening to the Pointer Sisters on repeat. I mean, they have a great catalog. But. They do. And, you know, Ruth Pointer, I know she's out there somewhere. If anyone knows Ruth Pointer, I would Ruth. I would love to meet her and give her a hug. Yeah,
1: Ruth is funny. Um, you should get her book. I don't think you've read it. Have you? No, I need
0: to read her book.
1: Uh, but yeah, yeah, but that Bonnie Pointer song and Margaret Qualley dancing insanely to it have been stuck in my mind. I really like Sanctuary.
0: Number two, Monica. Which we both covered. Uh, yeah, I thought that movie was excellent. We have a review for it Andrea on YouTube. Andrea Pallaro uh, starring
1: Trace Lissette.
0: Yes. And your top release for May
1: is Master Gardener starring a fabulous Sigourney Weaver with just a scooch of uh, camp in the performance. And uh, it's very Tennessee Williams, Paul Schrader film.
0: I would Um, highly recommend watching this film with people and then being open to an adult discussion.
1: But uh, as the best cinema, I believe, is uh, open to all kinds of discussion and is not trying to stand uh, a moral high ground. It's just showing kind of some terrible people doing terrible things and, 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 and just put it there and leaving it for you to decide whether you want to like these people or not, or
0: the movie. We did receive a question and I told uh, the person I would respond uh, in, on the podcast. So they were, uh, apparently this person is a very big Prince fan. The, oh, yeah. the musical artist, my Prince. Minnesota, my
1: Minnesota brother.
0: And they were saying, since we're from Minnesota, if we have any Prince stories, um, I do, but do you, uh, did you, ever, so he's known for going to first Ave and performing in first Ave in downtown Minneapolis. I actually, I, I maybe set foot into first Ave one time, but you've really? been to first Ave many times. I mean, well, the,
1: my previous relationship to you, it was big in the con I was probably at three or four concerts a week, not because I wanted to, that's just that something I did with this person that I was, I dated for a year and a half, um, and which is we can talk about that some other time but uh yeah i was in first step quite a bit and i saw a lot of great shows there uh but i never saw prince are you a fan of prince no not particularly uh in you know i've never seen purple rain i have seen under the cherry moon is that the name of it uh which is looks i think it's not a good film but it i love how it looks Uh, and it's fun seeing Kristen scott thomas the only story i have about him is peripheral i had a supervisor that i really liked uh years ago when i lived there and she grew up next door to him and she was close with him and she would tell stories about how they would party like she just like you know basically hop over the fence
0: and go get fucked up with prince really (laughs) they were teenagers i'm sure you told me that and i forgot yeah well, that's... Do you remember any details from her stories? No,
1: she just seemed
0: like... It was a fond memory. It was a
1: fond... Fa- anytime she talked about him, which she seemed like they were very close at a certain point in their lives.
0: Oh, well, that's nice to hear. Uh So Prince's Compound Paisley Park is in Chanhassen, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not a Prince fan. <laughs> I do like... I mean, I like the bat dance song. There are a couple things. Uh was it
1: Raspberry Parade? Raspberry Parade. <laughs> um, I'm
0: I'm not a fan of his 80s. I mean, I'm just not. Well, because you know, I was more into like I like that Minneapolis sound, but obviously Jimmy Jam and Terry yeah. Lewis influenced that. And I like the direction they went with with Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. But even like Moore's Day in the Time, I'm more I like the more like funk dance pop. Um, but Anyway, I've driven by Paisley Park, but it never...
1: Chanhassen. I've also... You know, Amy Adams came up in the Chanhassen Dinner Club scene. Oh.
0: <laughs> but um, I have seen Prince in concert twice because he performed at the casino I worked in. This is when he became a symbol? Was he a symbol he, at that, that time? That was like mid-90s, wasn't it? No, I think he was Prince Oh, by the time I saw him. But he... I, I, I've seen him twice and the two times I've seen him, that was when he was not performing. Like he was only performing like the new music, Mm -hmm. so he didn't perform a single song. I knew he is a tremendous uh, musician. Mm -hmm. So watching him perform was, and the only reason I went is because my mom wanted to go. So it was really to get her in and we sat next to Lionel Richie, but, um, yeah, but he's a great lyricist you know oh, he wrote a lot of songs yes for other people very impressive obviously like a lot of stage presence it's just not very fun for me to go to a concert where i don't recognize the music sure and i did that twice with brit so but when he stayed at our hotel of course i worked in the department that took care of um the writers for the talent and the suite he stayed in had to be redone in purple. Oh, God. So there were, uh, yeah, parameters. So that room, it took like two weeks to prepare before he arrived. Like Rajah O'Hara. Yeah, and he stayed for like four days. But, yeah,
1: it yes. had to be redone. See, that kind of bullshit is annoying to me. Eh. I, it's like, could you just stay in the fucking hotel and and then leave when you need to? I I don't like that kind of bullshit. Um, but then people tell stories about it forever and ever.
0: And maybe that's part of the the mystique of yeah which you know but go if, off
1: I, I, i'll also if not that i have aspirations of fame but it's like do you ever think about the the ripple effects that these kind of things have on other people that have to scramble and do your bullshit that really means nothing to no one i don't well know. i
0: do and maybe i just say this to make myself feel better but you know when people talk about the ultra rich and famous and all their crazy requests the way i process it is the fact that these people do these things provide jobs to people, right? The people who buy all the fancy, you know, I have an aunt who used to work for Louis Vuitton in the factory, like she would sew Mm -hmm. the accessories. And it's just like, well, that was a very good job for her. She had benefits and a good hourly pay, and it was like nice working conditions because she was a seamstress before that in downtown L.A. where the conditions were very bad. So getting this job with Louis Vuitton was a great job for her. So, I'm, so then I think like, well, if people didn't buy those pointlessly expensive bags. Sure. Or, you know, like I wouldn't have had the life I had during that period working there if there weren't these super rich and famous people. So, it's but I agree with you. It's, I It's searching for the silver linings in this yeah. terrible,
1: horrible thing of capitalism where it's like we, we clearly are not ever going to make a make way to care for everybody in in any in any sense so then the as part of the struggle it's like we have to be thankful for these opportunities that you can take to get somewhere else but it just i don't know
0: let's take a break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE. Films released we didn't cover. Oh, I thought we were going to talk more about the socialism. The... No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> happy pride (laughs) apple pie apple pie so films released we didn't cover spider-man across the spider-verse i mean i asked you it's really i just animation it just although so no i was not interested in watching this movie but you were watching some anime the other day yeah that did look interesting what was that perfect blue yeah, but that was very adult. Oh yeah, I so I was kind of giggling. And... Yeah, it
1: technically has an NC-17 rating, I think. But um,
0: the the subject matter is pretty. Uh, uh,
1: you're not going to get anything very adult in a Marvel production, so
0: no. The movie you were watching, the oh, subject yeah. matter was. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Provocative. Well, no, I mean it. It involves like sexual abuse and. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's not an easy watch, but it. I, I think the juxtaposition of like the subject matter with the fact that it's a cartoon was kind of making my head spin. Sure. Yeah. So it definitely elicited a response, but yeah, I'm sure Spider-Man across the spider verse. Um, I mean, is enjoyable we, enough. we, we
1: probably should support it. It's probably the only time we're going to get a black Spider-Man. Oh, there you uh, go. but it's of course a follow-up to the 2018 Spider-Man into the spider verse. Okay. Uh,
0: and this, new so will the next one be Spider Man up over there by the Spider Verse
1: <laughs> over the rainbow spider? <laughs> um,
0: Patty LaBelle. down by the Cuddy Sty, <laughs> shout um, out to Pootie Tang, and which cut- we should probably review. Well, Louis C.K. directed that. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. directed Pootie Tang, sure, sure
1: in the hell did. Um, wow. No, I was going to give a shout-out to Patty LaBelle's Over o- the Rainbow Macaroni and Cheese,
0: which I've made twice. Chow, that, for someone who's diabetic, she's really trying to kill people. She's well, because she has diabetic cookbooks, and then she has, like, cookbooks that are, like, full.
1: Ain't nobody want that, those diabetic. Full fat,
0: <laughs> yeah, microwave, like, it's out of control. But anyway, moving on. Um, uh, but but to shout-out to the directors of uh, Across the
1: Spider-Verse, Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. Next, Lynch Oz. God, it seems like I've watched this so long ago, but it was a 2022 festival release um, directed by Alexander O'Philippe. And it is a documentary about, as the title suggests, David Lynch's obsession with the Wizard of Oz and all of the
0: references that come across in his work. I read about this and it did not appeal to me at all. Did you you enjoy it? I did, yeah. But
1: I'm a big David Lynch fan and you really aren't. Sure. I mean, you like some things. I don't know what they would be. Well, you certainly didn't like Blue Velvet, which is in my top 10 of all time. What David Lynch film do I like? Elephant Man.
0: Oh, yes, that is a good movie. But that's really kind of... Shout me. out to... He's not my friend, but I do like Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, and John Hurt. Uh, you liked
1: Wild at Hearts. So you're a Nick Cage fan. What is it called? Wild at Heart.
0: Is that what that lady I don't care for? Laura Dern? Oh, What's the one with Nicolas Cage and the baby and Raising Arizona? Oh, what's was that? The Holly Hunter. You know, she she's growing on me. I like Holly Hunter. <laughs> Copycat. I'll be like 75 years old and she'll be dead and I'll be like I really like <laughs> What's her name again? Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Um past lives. Oh, this I think you would
1: appreciate this. I was Again, I've said it several times. I can't believe this didn't win anything in Berlin. But uh, Sundance premiere competed in Berlin. Uh, directorial debut: with Celine Song, a New
0: York-based playwright. Oh, I thought this movie contained a a song by Celine Dion. No, no, <laughs> the that director's would... name. Oh no, is Celine Song? No, yes. <laughs> so then, when you said you really liked it, I was like, really? Because there's a movie we chose not to review with Celine Dion's yes. music. What's that called? I forget. Past lives, there's no, not past lives. <laughs> what the hell is that? You're confused too.
1: Past love, or something, uh, yeah, that came out a couple weeks ago where they had to ge- genetically they had to digitally modify Celine, yeah, because she has that stiff person mm-hmm. syndrome. But, but anyway, past lives, but yeah, excellent film. I believe it's an A24 uh distribution, and uh. It's about a young girl, a young Korean girl, whose parents moved to Canada when she's young. And she, her little, like the little boy that she's in love with, she uh, ends up uh, kind of coming in touch again with years later when she's moved to New York. And then it follows like 20 years and them before they finally meet as adults. And she's already married to John Magaro and how he kind of allows her to explore meeting this man and the kind of emotional upheaval that's generated in that, uh, again, because the connection to her birth culture, uh, and also where, where she is now in her life. And it's very well written and performed.
0: Lastly, something called an, Oh, that was just a note. For myself. That's why it says note. I don't know why you wouldn't have attached that to the, the, the
1: movie it's related because to. there were so many other directors attached I didn't want it to loop around. I wanted a separate
0: clean line mm-hmm. interesting organizational skills. Maybe uh, silky nutmeg ganache could teach you how to better <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to someone who has like a master's degree in organizational management mm-hmm. and and I, and I was like, I have a question for you and immediately they were like silky nutmeg ganache. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And then when I asked, what do you do? They were like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) I think they don't make sure the people that get those degrees are very literate based on Silky Nutmeg Ganache's uh, skills. She's
0: certainly not the best uh, representative for that uh, degree. But, Uh, But anyway, projects of interest rose. Oh, yes. So
1: Sandra Hewler, the woman of the hour who, you know, Tony Erdman is one of my favorites. Uh, And she was uh, just in the Palme d'Or winning Anatomy of a Fall and The Zone of Interest, the the top two film prizes in Cannes. Uh, She has just signed on for a new, the third film directed by Marcus Schleinzer, uh, whose first film was a very interesting movie about a pedophile uh, called Michael, uh, which I saw back in 2011. He worked on several Haneke films, uh, very, very austere in that Austrian way. Uh, but he has signed Sandra Hula for his new film Rose, which is a period piece about a woman, a soldier posing as a male in an arranged marriage where uh, her gender identity is thus unveiled.
0: Mm. Wild Tales 2? Uh, uh, the
1: first one came out in 2014, which is one of the most wildly successful Argentinian films of all time, directed oh. by Damien Schifran. We referenced this because we uh, reviewed Damien's recent film to catch a killer with shaylene woodley oh which i really like yeah which i like too but uh, apparently he's finally he's uh, we'll see in the ensuing decade. in the decade between his two projects there were many projects that didn't come through so uh i'll be interested to see if that comes next atlantis uh michelle gondry whose recent film i really did not like it can um the book of solutions I, I i didn't care for it uh but he apparently is making a a film about Pharrell Williams life. Oh wow. I think if I read that right anyway. Well, I, I would be interested. Mm-hmm. Lastly, Maria, uh, Jessica Pellud, uh, a French director is making it's lensing right now, making a film about uh, the life of Maria Schneider uh, based on the uh, expose memoir that her cousin wrote. And of course, Maria Schneider was the very famous or dare I say infamous uh, art house starlet from the seventies who got raped with a stick of butter by Marlon Brando in uh, oh God, why am I blinking on the title? Yeah. My mind just went anyway, that she it was a scene that Bernardo Bertolucci did not uh, prepare her for um, and kind of Oh, Last Tango in Paris. God, why can't... Anyway, it, 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 kind of about how her life was kind of in shambles after that. But it was in several other films that are very notable, including The Passenger by Antonioni.
0: Movies we watched for fun. You saw something called When Ladies Meet?
1: Yeah, I just finished watching that right
0: before we... Oh, with good old Joan Crawford.
1: Yeah, because I think next week on RuPaul's Drag Race, they're doing a, doing a Joan musical, and it made me... You know, because I have a lot of Joan Crawford films that made me hungry to watch something i hadn't seen before with her she really does have a lot of screen presence like she looks so good she does this is 1941 uh directed by robert z leonard uh co-starring herbert marshall and robert taylor i think both both who did other films with her herbert marshall's in a woman's face and uh robert taylor who used to be married to barbara stanwick was in the gorgeous hussy <laughs> with her uh Oh, (laughs) but uh, I'm late. I was, yeah. this also stars Greer Garson, who I'm only really familiar with from her Oscar winning turn in Mrs. Miniver. Uh, But it was interesting. I was entertained.
0: Next, Nora Helmer.
1: Okay, we'll, we'll table uh, my thoughts on Margit Carstensen. But uh, I watched, uh, because of something that happened with her this week, Uh, I was hungry to watch a Margit film. Uh, and Nora Helmer is uh, Fassbinder's adaptation of the doll Henrik Ibsen's The Doll's House, uh, a Doll's House. And uh, I, the print wasn't great that I watched, but I was, I did quite like it. And she was very young and beautiful in 1974 in this German television production.
0: Next, Goodbye, My Lady,
1: uh, directed by William A. Wellman. Uh, it's okay, so. It relates to another film I watched this week, uh, the original Imitation of Life, but it made me hungry to see uh, another film with Louise Beavers where she wasn't playing a mammy. And she's only in one scene in this, but she's, I think, Sidney Poitier's mom. Really, it's about uh, a little boy who grows up in the swamp with his uncle, played by three-time Oscar winner Walter Brennan. And he hears this weird crying screaming in the woods and it ends up being this particular type of dog which is an african breed uh and then mind you they're in the swamps of mississippi uh god what is the name of that dog a, 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 i'm forgetting the name of the dog a benjisi or something i have it, no it's, idea it's called the uh, the barkless dog or something it sounds like they, they it sounds like they're laughing they almost sound like hyenas but it's a very expensive dog, and this kid finds it, and the original owner comes looking for it after they've grown close. and It's a, one of those sad animal young boy films. And start, the young boy is played by Brandon DeWild, uh, who was famous for the film Shane several years earlier. Uh, but yeah, that was okay. Jonathan? I saw, I think, the director's Bill Oliver. His new film is about to be premiered at tribeca film festival our son with billy porter and luke evans but i liked that well enough to go back and watch jonathan a 2018 film he did with ansel elgort as twins that are sharing the same body one gets the day shift and one gets the night shift Uh, matt Bomer's in it patricia clarkson uh i can't i I think it gets a little long in the tooth but it's an interesting lo-fi sci-fi concept uh pretty good for a debut i thought what year is it 2018 oh Next, Imitation of Life. The original, 1934, I believe, film uh, starring Claudette Colbert and Louise Beavers. You are familiar with the much more famous Douglas Cirque production from 1959 with Lana Turner and Juanita Moore and, um, yeah, which you've seen with me. Yeah. Uh, but this, John M. Stahl was the director. Strangely enough, he did this back-to-back with Magnificent Obsession, another film Douglas Sirk also remade that is much more famous, but I did like the 1934 version enough. I do think Louise Beavers is quite good because it's heartbreaking, right? That story. Yeah. Uh, but it's just funny to, you know, in 1934 versus 1959 and how there were already some changes in race relations uh, because the, 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 daughter of the, the black woman is passing. Right. and, mm-hmm in 1934 that meant something a little different than in 1959 uh maybe marginally but i'd be interesting to see somebody else remake this story today uh and to deal with contemporary issues with colorism and i don't you don't even need a white lady at the front of it it can be a light-skinned lady and i I think there's a way to fashion the story to speak to today as well that i'd be
0: interested in seeing but uh, i feel like there have been stories with a similar um premise that end up sort of being comedic sure yeah because then it would be more about colorism and Mm
1: -hmm. well passing
0: yeah well i mean the film passing is not comedic but i can think of some sort you know like elements of stories where it's meant to be a comedy where like the fair-skinned black person um comes from like a more distinguished family and then the darker-skinned significant other is painted to be like however you want to refer to it like more ghetto and Mm -hmm. then the families meet so it it would be interesting for someone to take that and make it sort of serious but moving on perfect blue uh
1: groundbreaking uh japanese anime film uh by satoshi khan we also did a film called paprika i've been i'm interested in um who's now dead but yeah it's about a (laughs) this pop singer she's part of like a Destiny's child like trio and then she decides. that we meet her as she's giving her final concert and then she decides to be an actress and then struggles uh through her tv series and she has a insane fan stalking her uh apparently there are a lot of things in this that influenced darren aronofsky for uh requiem for a dream which mm. you know what in i haven't watched since before i met you oh uh which is i i did i, and I I hold that film in high regard. So I'm interested to see how I would feel about it today. And, you know, without a doubt, I know, I, I know I'll feel the same about the Clint Mansell soundtrack and uh, Ellen Burstyn's performance. But I mean, when I saw that in high school, you know, it blew my little mind. But anyway, uh, Perfect Blue was something I've been meaning to catch up with for a while.
0: Anything else? uh
1: one of only a handful of woody allen films i haven't seen uh from 2003 starring jason biggs and christina rishi and oh Danny yes Alito. i saw you watching that uh-huh and i don't think i liked it nope. uh i don't find jason biggs very compelling well. in any way really uh, woody is a supporting character himself he's like a mentor to the jason biggs character and he's entertaining in his little way And Danny DeVito has one really good scene when Jason Biggs finally fires him from being his mentor. And Christina Ricci's, you know, it's an interesting period in her career, but I was probably most entertained by Stalker Channing as her mother who suddenly comes to live with them.
0: Lastly, we watched What Lies Beneath.
1: Yes. 2000 film directed by Robert Zemeckis starring Michelle Pfeiffer
0: and uh, Harrison Ford. No, I really like Michelle Pfeiffer, Same. but um, I did not, I was kind of disappointed with this movie. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I clearly remember
1: seeing this in the theater that July that I came out 23 years ago and liking it a lot, but there are some significant issues I think the film has.
0: It's not very thrilling there's that part there is a supernatural component that feels it's poorly done because i think it would have made sense to make it more psychological like maybe this woman's trauma is causing her to but then the way it's played out is like there's like an evil spirit in the house yeah i i liked how it looked yes
1: uh God, who wrote that? Oh, Clark Gregg and was one of the writers.
0: On the that. lady who played Christina Crawford and Mommy Dearest. Diana Scarwood. She plays Michelle Pfeiffer's best friend in the film. And I thought she was miscast. She's giving me very uh late 90s Sharon Stone energy, actually. Well, she's doing that like thing in 90s thrillers where there's like the best friend mm-hmm. who's kind of like smart mouth. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think in this film it just doesn't. It didn't help anything. It doesn't
1: help. And Miranda Otto plays the potentially the, the red herring next door.
0: Which felt kind of crazy. Yeah. But not in a fun she's, way. She's like <laughs> sobbing in the backyard uncontrollably. Yeah. It, it, and then,
1: you know, with James Remar, who's casting, he was, you know, always a sinister baddie.
0: So you think immediately something that she has been killed. I would have preferred him be like, I like, I would have rather the story be about them and I, this woman but then i guess that's a hitchcock film right Where well, someone witnesses the
1: well yeah it's playing with um vertigo and uh rear window
0: of and i don't really care for harrison ford i know you
1: kept saying disparaging things
0: i just i don't well, and i think also he just seems like he's probably not a very nice person and the way everyone talks about how he's so hot and it's like he has a very nice body oh he, but that face is cracked. well <laughs> by 2000 uh but i mean maybe like the whatever indiana jones movie you showed me sure because he's young but i just don't actually he's like 40 in that well younger but mm-hmm. i don't it's not about how he looks it's more like his attitude and mm-hmm. everything i see him in i'm just not feeling his ass and then when you think about james remar james this, remar look good in goodness well it's not about how he looks but i just liked his energy like mm-hmm. he seems sinister harrison ford seems kind of like a dick and then when you find out that he's... Well, the reveal is that he, he really is. Well, he's a killer. Yeah. It just felt off. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is the only horror, they call it horror film, he's I would, ever done? Yeah. Well, and, you know, Robert Zemeckis directed Death Becomes Her. Moving on. Unfortunately, there are entries in the obituary section. Yeah, John Beasley died?
1: Yeah. A character actor who's in all kinds of stuff. Do I know any of his work? Uh, The Sum of All Fears is the one popping into my head, but... He was in something very recently,
0: but he wasn't that old. He's more than 43. Well, goodbye to this man. Mm-hmm. And then you seem pretty upset about Margit Karstensen dying. Yes, I am.
1: I mean, she was 83. She's been sick for a long time. Uh, she, she hasn't been in a movie or television thing since 20. The last movie was 2013. She did a, an episode of a, a German uh, television series with some of her Fassbender actresses, the co colleagues in 2016. But you know, she's in,
0: in my top 10 films of all time. She started in two of them. Well, you want to shout out your top five favorites of Mark So number five is Martha.
1: Yes, this is also, I think a 70, 1974 television product. I mean, she's primarily known for working with Fassbender, uh, but she was just so like beautiful, but in this odd, porcelain way and she always seemed really troubled and kind of crazy so you know I'm immediately attracted uh kindred spirits uh but Martha is she plays this uh woman that I think she gets her I I can't I haven't seen it in 15 years but I remember really liking it and it's I think she's kind of in an abusive relationship with her father that she gets away from and, and then she ends up marrying a man who's equally as abusive so it's kind of a soapy thriller Number four, fear of fear, angst, border angst, uh, or angst, border angst. Uh, This is another uh, soapy melodrama. I think the year after where she plays a housewife who's addicted to pills and just can't seem to be
0: happy. Number three, it is fine. Everything is fine.
1: This is directed by or co-directed by Crispin Glover and it, I think it premiered at Sundance in 2007 and has never been released on DVD. If you, It's supposed to be the second part of a trilogy that Crispin Glover never completed uh, about this artist who has cerebral palsy. And so you just have to be lucky to catch it at a traveling road show, I think. And it played one year at the Egyptian when we lived here and I brought you to it and you left. Oh. Uh, but You went and sat in the car. For it. But it is... Um, it, it's, it's supposed to look like a seventies TV film. Uh, but Margie plays the object of one of this man's, uh, affections. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Stephen C. Stewart. Uh, but uh, who again, who has cerebral palsy and a fetish for girls with long hair. <laughs>
0: Number two
1: possession. I mean, tattoo on my back. I got the, uh, billboards all wrapped Nick, up somewhere l-
0: l- like literally literally owns a damn billboard uh-huh. of the movie possession like it's like 17 feet by 20 feet something 17 crazy by 24 i think something cra- like billboard i don't yeah. know what we'll ever do with it well when you die i'm selling it but
1: well you know somebody during the pandemic somebody reached out and they were making a documentary i don't know if it was about basha the artist i i noticed that sean baker just uh Mounted a huge print of it, it's not as big as mine, but he he uh just put up on Instagram that he also has. A if there's
0: anyone out one. there who wants to talk to Nick about his love of possession, please reach we out. We reviewed it, no, but I mean, for a fee, you can be interviewed. Also, if anyone's interested in buying this billboard, reach no, out to me directly. I'm not selling to Joseph directly, he doesn't know where it is. It's in the house somewhere. Yeah, but you're not good at finding things. Well, for money, I can do a lot you, of things. You don't
1: even know why I put my Dean and DeLuca cups. Like, never, <laughs> like, so you're not going to find that poster. They're in the wine cabinet. Oh, now you got it. Okay. You don't put them back in there. Anyway. Uh, That's where you want
0: them? Yeah, on display. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Could you drink break it them. again? Oh, I thought you were actively using them.
1: No, I am.
0: So then why would you put them on display if you're actively using them?
1: Uh, cause,
0: can't you do both?
1: yeah sure <laughs> anyway you don't know this poster is not for sale but uh somebody i will entertain all offers no I above mean, i mean i was fantasized about if we ever have a yard again in or in our final house
0: that i will put up this billboard uh <laughs> i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna do you're at, at your gravesite. i'm gonna have the billboard uh placed and so you could like cast a shadow over your
1: you know what? I like Tombstone. that. I like
0: that idea. And
1: when I die, I want to be, uh, buried in just, a, I, 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 don't care about the, the nice box. You can put me in a pine box, but you can put me underneath the billboard of, uh, possession. Anyway, I, I was contact. Somebody was making a documentary about something in regard to that. And they were trying to meet with me so I could unfold it for them and be featured in there. But that didn't come to fruition.
0: And your number one, um, Margit karstensen performance the bitter
1: tears of petra von kant which i've made you watch yes oh my god and you've seen francois zone's remake ish peter von kant but margit in uh oh my god just just unhappy and
0: bitchy i fucking love it well goodbye to margit i know just yeah we'll take another break all right the secret film for this week is the 1992 american science fiction horror film starring the incomparable segovia weaver alien three yeah directed by david fincher who uh has denounced this film but (laughs) no
1: we are here for the yassification of alien three
0: but we are choosing to review this because we saw this in the theater a few days ago as part of the Bleak Week Cinema of Despair <laughs> uh, installation at the what's the name of that theater? The
1: Cinematheque at the Los Feliz, but they also do programming at the Arrow.
0: Oh, do they? Okay, an Egyptian?
1: If that? I think still.
0: I don't. Know. So we went with some friends, and I thought, well, we should probably we should probably review all of the all of Sigourney's movies. At some point in all of Isabel's, I guess I don't know how that would ever happen, but oh, it's possible. But yeah, Alien Three. So of course, Alien and Aliens are classic masterpiece level films.
1: Yeah, I think it's really to you. Well, to most people, (laughs) most people. But that also means you know they're they're uh, often played theatrically in various places like you can see those films in the theater.
0: But alien three is maligned. Uh, but first, let's start off with you started reading a book.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so William Gibson, the famous screenwriter, wrote the first draft of for Fox uh, of Alien 3, what was meant to be that. And it was recently uh, turned into a novel form by uh, an author named Pat Cadigan. I'm not familiar with her other work. Um, and I have to say, I'm kind of happy that that didn't happen,
0: that that, that was not the version because they put. Well, I have questions for you. So here first, let's tell the basic story of this one. So mm-hmm. Alien 3 starts where Aliens, the part two, left off, which is that Ellen Ripley, Segovia, she escapes wherever she was in some pod with and, three uh, other. Off
1: of LV426. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: with three other people with her, Um the android. Bishop. The little girl. A newt. And the other guy Hicks, Michael bean. So, so, uh, the opening of alien three is that their little escape pod, uh, is has crash landed on this planet that is basically used to house a prison. But that prison is kind of defunct. Mm -hmm. It has like a skeleton crew and a handful of prisoners. So we see the vessel crash and everyone has perished except for Ellen. Sigourney but it's clear that there was an alien on board Mm -hmm. so the crew from the prison rescue her bring her back and they tell her girl this is a men's only facility these people haven't seen a woman in years so they are murderers and rapists of women we're gonna keep you locked up and immediately Sigourney's out on the loose Mm -hmm. checking shit trying to we need to talk about all that but Of course, the alien gets out. It actually infects a dog. Mm -hmm. So now we have one alien Mm -hmm. on the loose in this prison. So a big portion of the film is just the crew, like everyone running from the alien. And their plan is they're going to trap it in an area where hot lead can be dumped on it. Mm -hmm. And they're successful. It's a suicide mission because they know that. What is the name of the company?
1: Wayland Yutani.
0: Wayland, that company wants from, from the from the, the jump from and from the previous movies, they want access to this technology of the alien exactly. bioweapons. Exactly. So they so Sigourney explains to everyone at the prison. Listen, we need to kill this alien and ourselves because and, and if it means we kill ourselves, that's fine. Because once those Wayland gets here, they're killing us anyway mm-hmm. and they're going to use this alien and it's going to be like destruction. So they cover this alien in hot lead, but the alien's like exoskeleton is impervious to the heat. It just absorbs it. So it doesn't die. But because they're in an area where it dumps this liquid metal, I guess, they have access to like a sprinkler system. So they use that, like they put cold water on the hot alien. It explodes. But the gag is Ellen Ripley, Sigourney's character, was infected Mm -hmm. and she knows it. So she decides to kill herself by jumping into something a
1: lot of Molten.
0: We need to talk like about that. Yeah. We need to talk about that, but she ends up jumping in there. It, and- it's the furnace. It's supposed to be. I think. And as she jumps in, we see that the alien like burst from her chest, but she holds it as she falls into the fire. The end. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does William Gibson's script differ from the movie we saw?
1: It basically do- does the opposite of what David Fincher's film did in uh, Hicks is Hicks and Newt are alive, and Ripley's in a coma. Oh, and then there's this whole other thing where their spacecraft, which has alien alien eggs on board, drifts into this uh, area known as uh, basically that this area that's belongs to kind of the Socialist Party of People, uh, and they go on board and they take the robot Bishop who's been torn in half because they're going to see if they can get into his mind and find out military secrets into his database. And then they send it on to where it's supposed to go. And then both places simultaneously infected by the alien. And then I I feel like Joss Whedon for alien resurrection, maybe lifted a lot of what was going on from Gibson's ideas uh, for, for what's happening in that fourth installment sans Sigourney being cloned. Uh, But yeah, I, I, especially the second half of it was quite dull and I I'm glad that it didn't get made
0: I didn't love this film I see I it has grown on me over the years I can see why people don't care for it however I think it I really like the vibe I really like that it has I mean it feels bleak I mean that was part of the bleak week uh selection uh or it, it was a bleak week selection, and it makes sense because uh, it does feel hopeless.
1: It's hope. It's hopeless in. And in, I like that in an existential way, almost like a Tarkovsky. It, it reminds me of Soviet cinema, uh, which is probably where I this put the kernel in my mind for how attractive, I, attracted I am to a lot of uh, Russian cinema as well. Mm. Uh, uh, of just this this desperation and desolation, and
0: it, they're doomed from the get go. Yeah, that appealed to me uh there's some really great performances charles s dutton Mm -hmm. i think is fantastic he plays one of the prisoners who's like a rapist and a murderer but he has found spirituality and he uses that to not only sort of keep himself in check but he kind of keeps all the other prisoners in check yeah he's kind of the one who's really in charge of that. and the dialogue from that character i thought was definitely like better than you would expect for like a sci-fi oh yeah for sure and his performance it's great uh, I really liked Charles dance. Yep. Clemens, the uh, doctor. Yeah. I, I thought he was appealing. Mm-hmm. And then the actor who played like the, the prison warden, the superintendent, superintendent, Andrews, that's Brian Glover. He, I really liked him. He
1: has a small part in an American world in London. Uh, he looked the same back then and he's in another Sigourney movie. Uh, he had uh, in snow white, a tale of terror.
0: Oh, yeah Um, he's very good this is rumor control oh that was my favorite Mm -hmm. that was my favorite what he would because he does it two times or three times times. two times he gets because you know there's a ruckus going on and this woman's and thing. so he approaches the prisoners and he says rumor control these are the facts i'm going to start doing that at work i like when sigourney's (laughs) asking for weapons and he's they're like we don't have any weapons
1: here and she's like well then we're fucked he goes no you're fucked yeah
0: i really liked him I would say of the four main performances, Sigourney's is the least dazzling. Of course, I really like Sigourney Weaver. And not just, you know, I'm not just saying that. I do think she brings a lot. See, I think I love
1: her performance. It because she this, this version of Ellen Ripley is so dour and diminished. Yes. And she is she's even kind of like mumbling some things. I think she's not she's lost like her second opportunity at motherhood. And, you know, once she finds out she has the queen inside her, it's just
0: um, like she's a husk. It works. I'm I'm, I'm just saying that of the four, it's the least dazzling. Like, I kind of feel like she's overshadowed by the other three. Sure. But her performance makes sense. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. I, I think she looks great bald. So, yeah, and she does look great bald. So I think there are four really good performances. The film looks like the vibe. But I just think it feels really weak as like, a creature feature horror film because, A, there's only one alien. And I thought the alien looked pretty cheesy. When it's
1: any of the CGI moments don't really work.
0: Yeah. Every time we see the alien a CGI, I think it looks bad. And then there's one scene in particular where it is clearly a man or a person, a human person of life wearing the suit. And I thought that looked really bad. So it's just like, oh, there's this one. And then it's not very big. And I just don't understand how like the earlier films did such a better job showing the aliens. Like mm-hmm. this one only has the one and it looks like it's, I mean, it looks like it's my size. Like it just wasn't that impressive. Then there's like an extended, the the third act. I mean, the bulk of it is.
1: Well, yeah, we have to go through that because their initial plan to thwart the alien is to rub that flammable waste everywhere and then, that gets thwarted right and then and then half of them die and then so then they have to regroup and then come up with a different plan where they lead it through all these ducks into the lead works.
0: that felt tedious yeah it i agree and, yeah i mean that felt tedious i i think they really missed the mark on that uh component of the plot but the thing that really bothered me is and you made sense of it and it does make sense but it still bothered me is that Sigourney's character is so resistant to talking to the doctor who seems like a very reasonable person. What's going on? She won't tell him because immediately when she wakes up, she's like, where am I? Where's my crew? Oh, they're dead. Oh my God. And then she's paranoid because she's concerned that the alien was on board and that one of them is infected. So she says, you need to show me Newt, the little girl. And this is after the superintendent, told their asses do not let this bitch roam around the prison because it will be a frenzy and immediately the doctor's like okay let's go on a tour but i think he's also attracted to her (laughs) it just didn't make sense though you're jeopardizing the safety of everyone on this place that has like it's like bottom of the wrong priority Mm -hmm. but again i think that's the mentality there's like nobody really
1: cares either um and Anyway, she lies
0: and says that she thinks... Cholera, Cholera. and then he she forces him to do an autopsy on her. I just think that the character of the doctor, like the chief medical officer, it just doesn't make sense. I don't care, because if they're trying to imply, because he does say, I haven't been with a woman, Mm -hmm. like that none of the people here have seen a woman, so you should be careful. And then he whispers under his breath, and neither have I. Mm -hmm. So I'm understanding that the 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 screenplay is trying to get us to think that she's using her feminine wiles to control him but it just doesn't it's not giving what it needs to give like I don't know it, it just because her character feels we needed a better exploration of that because they also make her look because she, they, they, she has a buzzed head mm-hmm. she, she doesn't look particularly sexy she's wearing baggy clothes so it's just the fact that she has a vagina that has them worked mm-hmm. up Then we needed to explore that a little bit more. Well, yeah, because
1: trust these men are doing sexual things with each other on this planet. So, I mean, I
0: I just don't think that it makes sense that the chief medical officer did all of that when he was told and he knows that it's not safe. And she's just trotting all around the prison. She is,
1: but, you know, they also established that he doesn't really care for Superintendent Andrews and seems to enjoy kind of pressing his buttons too.
0: But I think that's the biggest weakness is the sort of the... The opening when like it takes a really long time because even when she's ready to tell them what's going on, she doesn't want to tell the doctor. She wants she'll tell the superintendent, mm-hmm. and it's just like what is her what are her reservations about? Well, this?
1: because it, in the segue between Alien and Aliens, when she tells her story, she's treated like she's insane because there was no evidence to back her up, and they put her. Uh, she has to go to psyche evals. And that makes sense.
0: So I, so I do think that's fair that she would have been apprehensive because she was poorly received previously, but, but then it also doesn't make sense to me because she knows that it's curtains. So what is there to lose? Like you, you all probably could have done better sooner without you playing these games. No, but it's just frustrating to watch,
1: but the tension that it established, especially growing older uh, as a gay man, the the AIDS crisis that you know was in full-blown effects in the early 90s and this kind of uh this anxiety about am I infected do I have it uh yeah like you know when she is on that scanner that EBS scanner and sees the thing inside her and you know that hits a lot harder to me now than as a 12 year old watching it
0: yes i think this film feels like there were too many cooks in the kitchen there are people in control making decisions they definitely and, were yeah. and then based on the director's uh thoughts about the film afterwards it it seems like a lot just sort of fell out of his hands well he was in his 20s this is his
1: debut film had directed many many music videos including you know vogue and express yourself from madonna paul abdul george michael And I think the studio didn't trust that he knew what he was doing. uh, So there's constant interference. My favorite scene in the film, which gives us that iconic, and I don't use that word loosely, but that iconic shot of the alien butted up against Sigourney's head while she's sobbing, uh, that wasn't even a scene that he was supposed to film. He went rogue with Sigourney and a skeleton crew and filmed that scene.
0: Yeah, I I know that there is like there are alternate cuts of the film. Mm-hmm, there's a director's cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely feels like something that was out of someone's control and that too many people had input and that they were trying to explore interesting things and push the envelope. So I appreciate it for that. But and it was certainly a nice experience watching it in the theater. This is the only one I hadn't seen because my, my very
1: first morning film in the theater was Alien Resurrection.
0: I do want to say what's the name of that theater we went to? the Los Feliz y'all need some better concessions y'all need some better concessions they had a limited selection of candy like the kind of candy you buy at the dollar store and then their beverages they had fountain drinks but their bottled beverages are all room temperature oh so I don't know well you know the
1: staffs also volunteer
0: even the people working the concessions
1: I'm pretty sure I don't know I I don't think that there's a lot of money that to be had there so I'm glad it still
0: exists i mean if someone from there wants to contact me i, I might be able to help you upgrade that shit because it doesn't make any sense i mean those tickets aren't cheap and
1: they're not ex- well you know they, they and they that really, kind of
0: crowd i mean there were a lot of people there well i don't know the type of people who were in attendance i know i was there so if, if they're anything like me they could have charged more for some better shit and sure. like we could at least get you a damn beverage refrigerator to put under the counter to keep these bottle drinks cold. But, you know, if you're a member of
1: the Cinematech, you pay less for tickets too. where
0: would that membership money go. Well, I'm, we have a beverage refrigerator in our house. We sure mm-hmm. do. The shit ain't but 275. You can't tell me they don't have 275 mm-hmm. to drop out a beverage refrigerator. Mm-hmm. But getting back to Sigourney, um, uh, she's yeah. a she's a marvel. And I'm glad I got to see so now I've seen Alien in the theater, Alien 3. I haven't seen Aliens in a
1: Yeah, theater. we did. We saw it at the Arclight. Oh. Uh, oh, that's right.
0: We did. In probably in
1: 2013. And then we saw Alien at a drive-in. Yep. And I've seen that in the theater. Oh, no. We saw... So there was a double feature. You, you've seen Alien twice then uh, in the theater. There was a drive-in during the pandemic. And then uh, at the Chinese, Sigourney was interviewed in between Alien and Aliens. That's right and you did not want to stay for aliens at that time because that was a lot uh but you saw it then yeah and alien resurrection which you claim not to remember we just watched on my birthday this past in 2022
0: i know i've seen it Yeah, we just watched and i know it there's a basketball November. scene mm-hmm. yeah
1: that one see to me resur- i think alien 3 is better than resurrection
0: uh yeah well re- resurrection resurrection feels corny because the casting uh and then i think the while the basketball scene is memorable it's not memorable for the right reasons i would say alien three is a better film Mm -hmm. like just as a you know like a piece of cinema i do really
1: there's a couple of very good scenes in resurrection though like when she confronts her clone versions of herself
0: oh the the ending with the underwater and the alien i thought ending well that's you know it's towards the end right the
1: poseidon adventure scene yeah
0: i thought that was very like that sticks out in my head too, actually
1: uh and i think sigourney looks great in that, and i liked seeing her be this kind of hybrid creature uh but yeah there's a lot i didn't love about that
0: um do you have anything else you want to say about this movie
1: uh alien three the score i loved it ellie goldenthal score so good okay mad- i don't recall so magisterial and depressing uh and then of course alex thompson's cinematography i think is great too and i i you know her swan dive in the end which there was a lot of, uh, I, I think the, the, they had to do significant reshoots to try to get that right. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I read somewhere, and I don't know who said it was, like, the
0: equivalent of Sigourney's Choice. <laughs> oh, like Sophie's Choice? Yeah. <laughs> which I haven't seen. Oh, my God. But I know it's about someone having to choose their children or the, something. while well,
1: they're carted off by the Nazis. Yeah, it's Meryl Yes. Schreiber. Yeah, as much as I rag on Meryl, her you know that is a phenomenal performance, and I've been wanting to rewatch that. I want to read William Styron Styron's book first, though. What would you give this film? I think it's again, it has its problems, but for what it did accomplish under the amount of pressure that it was under to get made, I, I, it's a four star to me. This is the this is so daring for a Hollywood franchise that that even that we even got what we did get. I I don't know. It's, I think it's impressive.
0: I think I'm pushing it a little, but, uh, I would give it three and a half out of five. I'm, I, I I would probably give it three, but I think knowing I can feel that they were trying to do something
1: Mm -hmm.
0: more. And, and I feel like, like the person who made it, you know, it got taken out of their hands. And so I, I think I'm, you know i can feel that in watching it but there is a lot to like about it i mean just think you know after the
1: the the roller coaster ride that everybody describes aliens as which i i do cite as uh tied at my number one film of all time you know to do to do this about face with it is so uh daring i don't know just nobody nobody has the balls at that level in hollywood to tell stories in that way anymore no nobody does
0: um So that's that Um, I did want to say I I was going to mention this last week and I totally forgot, but I was reminded when I said bottom of the rung, because I've used the phrase previously Mm -hmm. bottom of the totem pole Mm -hmm. and I received a message. Um, what I thought was a very nasty message, uh, trying to educate me on why I shouldn't use that phrasing. And I, you know, received that Mm -hmm. and I appreciate why using after this person's message, it makes sense to me why using that phrasing isn't appropriate and it is hurtful to some people. So I don't. I I certainly am mindful that I don't want to use that phrasing anymore. So that's why I said bottom of the rung. Um, but so so that's that. Like I apologize. In thinking about it, yeah, saying bottom of the totem pole is just not. I mean, that's just not cute. But again, but what I did want to say true. is, you know, I'm very open to uh evolving and learning because i'm very aware that i'm ignorant about a lot of things so i'm not we're stead- all we're all ignorant i'm not things. steadfast in wanting to remain ignorant so i did receive that but the way the person said it to me i thought was very nasty and i feel like just a, a lesson to people is like sometimes the approach mm-hmm. well it's about calling out versus calling
1: in it's like do you if you really want to change people's minds right that's not the way and it doesn't it doesn't do anyone well to treat people like they're stupid, even though I do that to
0: people sometimes too. And, you know, if you're dealing with me, then you're just lucking out that I'm like not so arrogant to be blinded by someone's tone to not see what's in front of me. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess it's a humble brag, but I don't think most people are that refined. Like, (laughs) But, you know, it's funny how conditioned we are
1: to think that, Certain phrases or languages appropriate. You know, the what my mind's going to right now is like something my parents used to say to be when you're what is it, the saying when you're free white and twenty one. Like, <laughs> like I grew up thinking like, oh, this is a totally normal phrase for somebody to say, uh, and there are obviously much worse things too. But
0: uh, well, the other thing is the intention. Like I always think about like whenever someone says something that rubs me the wrong way. Um, I mean, you even yesterday, I went and bought a new car yesterday and Mm. uh, I called you or you called me. We spoke as they were like getting the paperwork ready for me to sign and putting gas in the shit. But the when I went into the dealership, the person was not very like, you know, they were kind of treating me like, you know, I'm going to just be another person who can't qualify to get a car like this. And then but I'm accustomed to that. So I just, you know, sat there and. You know, he was talking to other people, taking his time. And then I said, well, I'm just curious, like what the numbers look like. I know you need to run my credit. And he made a comment about like, well, it's just hard to say, you know, like it all depends on your credit. Mm -hmm. I I understand that. So then he leaves, you know, I, I fill out the thing on the iPad, my credit report, all that. And when he comes back, he goes, you have excellent credit. I'm surprised. Yeah. And I thought two things. You big dummy. I don't like, like, what the hell are you trying to say to me? But but also, I'm not trying to, like, blow up the spot because I really did want this car. So, Mm -hmm. like, because part of me wanted to be like, you know what? This, 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 and this, and I'm out of here. But then I thought his intention combined with his line of work, like, it's like we all know people who are servers or bartenders, and they all make these very blanket like, problematic statements about groups of people. Oh, yeah. Right? Like that one at Kitchen 24 that came up to us. And- oh, we were at the Kitchen 24 on Coenga in Hollywood mm-hmm. one night with uh, one friend or two. Two, another couple. Another – oh, it was Yeah. them? Oh, those, wow.
1: Those two. We were two. there. Dead one- to me
0: now. <laughs> Dead to me now. One night we were there, and the server is talking to us, and he – he he was being kind of crunchy with the service initially Mm -hmm. and then he was talking to us and i was only black person in the group yeah and this motherfucker said to us not looking at me well you know black people don't tip yeah (laughs) but anyway like i was uh, funky about it but i think it's like you know i had to think This man spends all day with people coming in here trying to buy these cars they can't afford, and with credit scores of five hundred. So it just slipped out. So that's his experience. You know, it's just like you know, meeting your grandmother, and she used a term that I thought was dated, but I didn't think that she was trying to.
1: God, what'd she say?
0: Colored. Oh yeah, she referred (laughs) to Janet Jackson. She referred to Janet Jackson as that colored girl. I was like, oh. But it's like she grew up in like northern Minnesota without access to, but a but a very intelligent, well-read person. And I think for her, where she was and her experience, maybe that phrasing was what she thought was appropriate. It's
1: you know, it's funny. She was a very well-read, intelligent woman, but it's funny how they ingrained in her like to be afraid of the you know it was northern Minnesota. So There's a lot of uh, indigenous people, so she was out. There were always like weird things said about. Uh, Native Americans or any people of color is like things to people to watch out for, be afraid of, be
0: afraid of But I'm sure she was taught that. And, you know, I'm not making excuses, but I think we need to try to understand people. And again, I've said a lot of things that I know bother people. And I know using the word bitch bothers people. And I've tried to reduce that actively. (laughs) I know, you know, the F slur and the N word bother people, including myself. So I try to be. But, you know, they I think. Yeah, some of those
1: words should be used for an intended effect.
0: And uh, you know, having ownership of the that, that language I I think also allows for a different usage. But I agree. So, but again, mm-hmm. I think saying bottom of the totem pole after being called out on it and thinking about it, it does make sense. That's probably even, something I shouldn't say. See, and I didn't even recall you saying that. So But um yeah, just you know, I I think people's approach needs to be Kinder people need to be more patient because also, I mean, if it's like if you like me, I'm assuming because you've listened to me talk for hours and hours and hours, I would think that you would know my intention was not to be offensive mm-hmm. to any particular group. Um, so yeah, I, I was just disappointed that that was, I was disappointed in myself for using the phrasing, but also disappointed in the person taking that approach. But uh, that's a downer of a, uh, an ending well Uh, it's uh in keeping with bleak week yeah in keep but to bring it back up happy pride we're gonna go (laughs) we're going to go see the new transformers movie shortly oh god well yeah there's some people i'm not hopeful
1: i'm not either did michael bay direct this shit i'm tired of michael bay i just but we're
0: running out of time do you have anything else you want to say
1: uh oh in keeping with bleak week i'm reading the melancholy of resistance uh because Bellatar is going to be uh introducing berkmeister harmonies one of uh, his, his probably his most significant film that i haven't seen um but adapted from that novel from the same author of satan tango which is eight hours and i have seen and don't plan on rewatching anytime soon but yeah that's exciting that's what i'm doing this coming week
0: all right well ta-ta for now Ma-